and welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Daryl Etherington. And Jordan Crook could not be with us this week, which is a real shame because we're reviewing One Piece on Netflix. And that, it kind of feels like the complete opposite of Jordan's taste. So I'm hoping she'll watch at least one episode and then come on and tell us what she thinks. Yeah, I don't know. I think it would be her favorite, favorite uh, show ever, probably, is what my take is. Yeah, I I think you're right. Actually, I I don't mm-hmm. know where I got this idea that she wouldn't like it. But we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about Jordan's potential reaction to it in in a little bit. I wanted to make um, a few housekeeping announcements, partly because I just have a lot more free time right now. I'm trying to mm-hmm. do some cleanup um, with original content's digital presence. Um, I think if you're a loyal listener to the show, you you may have picked up on the fact that watching the shows and recording the podcast and editing the podcast is already pretty much all that we have time for. Some weeks it's more than we have time for. So we haven't necessarily done as much as we should to kind of, you know, have like just to I be don't know. present. I think we have a robust, robust <laughs> online presence. Very active. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, you know, behind the scenes, to, to be completely honest, there are times where I will finish editing and posting an episode and then I'll be like, I should post this on Twitter and then I'm just like, oh, I, I can't. I, I just spent like the last three hours working on this. I can't do anything more. Right. Um, but the good news is Twitter is a trash fire and I don't anticipate us being needing to be any more active on it than we already are unless it changes ownership. Um, but we have created uh, social media accounts on Instagram and on threads. Uh, both of them are under at original content pod. That's at original content pod. And I will be posting clips of every episode um, on, on both of those accounts on the weeks when we don't record. I will make sure to let people know so it's not a surprise. And uh, I also say that in, in general, I'm trying to be a little bit more consistent with the publishing day, which I know can mm. kind of wander depending on how much time I have to edit. But I think Sunday, which is what we were originally doing, was a little bit overambitious. So I'm, I'm moving that. I've moved that back to Monday. But if we have an episode, I will publish it on Monday. And if we don't have an episode, then I'll just post an announcement on social media. Yay. Wow. Look at that. Growing I know. Up. We're like a real podcast and everything. Um, yeah. All that said, you know. Follow us, whatever makes sense for you. Oh, I just, I also added us to Amazon Music. I don't know how many people are listening to podcasts on Amazon Music, but if that's your thing, go for it. We're available there now. Uh, All right, let's get into One Piece. So, Daryl, I think you described this over text as the greatest thing you have ever seen. Yeah, yeah, I think so. That's probably right. Uh, Sounds like me, yes. Why don't you try to describe the the setup or the concept of the show? So, I mean, they help very helpfully do it right away. Uh, it's what's his name's voice? Ian, Ian McShane. Uh, Ian McShane. Great. Who never comes back. That. No, that's it. Probably an hour or less. He he worked less than an hour. On he this probably did one take. He one take it for sure. <laughs> and that's it. That's the only time you hear his voice on the show. It's great. Yeah. Uh, but he explains the world, which is okay. There's it's like island world, basically. It's like semi-modern. It's hard to describe the time frame. Let's just say it's not. It has elements of modernity, but then it's also like seems to take place roughly when like pirates were 
very common in the Caribbean in other ways too. Uh, but they have like snail phones. This is very off track. But the the important thing to know is this is based on a manga and an anime, and so yes. it it has that sort of there's it's a, a different world. It's not yeah. the future. It's not the past. It's everything. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, the, there's a lot of pirates in this world, and uh, they are all pursuing this one piece which is the treasure left by the pirate king who uh it's not a spoiler it happens right away is like uh executed and like announces that his treasure is out there for all to find and then various pirates are looking for this or just doing their regular piratey business uh in this world and then the counter force for the pirates are the marines which I think in the anime and manga is actually the Navy and then the Marines are the like action arm of the Navy. But uh, yeah, which is like ostensibly the good guys, but not so much. It's not like real pirates. Like it seems like there's moral, the moral compasses are all over the place. There are bad Marines. There are good pirates. There are whatever, everything, all of the above. Um and at all the adventures of this one particular pirate, uh, Monkey D. Luffy, which is a very funny name that I don't <laughs> know the origin of, but uh, and the sort of ragtag band of pirates that he assembles over the course of the show in his pursuit of becoming the what is it, the greatest pirate ever? I the guess? king of uh, the pirates. Yeah, he wants to be the new king of the pirates and find the One Piece and do all that. So that's the show. Yeah. Had you read the manga or watched no, the anime? Okay. I had not done either. It was a real blind spot for me because I have watched other anime, but not this one. Yeah. One thing I've heard about the manga is that it's been going for what, 25 years now? Um, and it's still going and they still have not explained what the One Piece really is. So <laughs> for those yeah. of you hoping for an explanation on any of the big questions sometime soon, uh, maybe you're going to have to be patient. Yeah, I mean, that's why it's so daunting because I was like, maybe I'll watch the anime and I did start it up after this. But then I was like, wait, there's 25 years of content to consume, including a bunch of spinoff series or not series, I don't think maybe miniseries, but definitely movies and stuff. So it's like, I don't think I can do that. And we could talk more about that comparison or my impression of them later. But the... The, yeah, this I felt was really good. It seems to have also been well received by fans of the mm -hmm. manga and anime, which is a rarity for uh, like live action uh, translations of things, at least for Netflix. Netflix is one one for two, let's say, I guess, because <laughs> Cowboy Bebop was reviled by fans of the anime. Yeah, and people have also brought up the Death Note movie, which was also not well received. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... I mean, I can't speak to any plot comparisons, but one thing that seems very clear is that most other live action adaptations of anime, they usually, there's some sort of translation process that goes on of like, how do we like make this more realistic? How do right. we make this more palatable to a Western audience? And for the most part, I don't think One Piece does that at all. Instead, it's like, they didn't what seem if everyone wore insane wigs had the sort of very it looks like very looks. good cosplay yes yes exactly i mean when this 
you know, the little box started showing up in my Netflix homepage, I genuinely was not sure if it was a live action show because the, mm. the people, the wigs in particular are just so brightly colored and distinctive that I was like, that this can't be a live action show, can it? Yeah, it is. yeah. This comes like, because the anime, I guess it debuted a long time ago, but it's a certain style that is like, it's very cartoonish in its appearance or whatever right like it's not it's it's closer to dragon ball z than it is to like cowboy bebop or something like that so but they yeah they stayed true to that in the thing they were like yeah everybody has these like very very uh specific identifiable looks and they're dissonant with one another like they don't they look mm -hmm. like they're cut from different magazines and then pasted <laughs> into the same picture essentially i mean so that extends to the costuming the makeup um, to a certain extent, I think it, it, it also covers the characters, like, yeah. like particularly uh, Monkey or, or Luffy, as everyone calls him, um, is like the the way he's performed, not just written, but performed. I feel like I can visualize the like motion or emotion lines coming off his forehead whenever he gets excited. Like he's so it's, over yes. the top. It's, I mean, and the actor is amazing in terms of how he's able to bring that expressiveness through and also convey i don't know if it's a spoiler or not is it a spoiler if you haven't seen it to talk about kind of the what what is unique about uh oh Luffy? um yeah let's let's just say that he has a special power i think i think that's fair there's there's like different special superpower characters um but let's yeah. maybe not get into the details because it, it it was a surprise for me when i actually watched the show yeah, so yeah, Luffy has a particular ability, uh, which we'll save for spoilers, but it the actor does a great job conveying that even when it's not an act of use, I would say. And mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I think it's really impressive. It there there are times where he strikes a pose where you there's no special effects, but it's you almost start imagining that it is a special effect, or it seems like he's being drawn on the page. Yeah. And and I love that. I wouldn't I wouldn't want that for everything, but for this show it's perfect because I think I can totally imagine another version of this show where they try to make it more gritty and realistic and it would be so stupid and pointless. Absolutely. And this is the opposite of that, which is just like, yep, there's it's a pirate world that has no relationship to our world. There are a bunch of special powers. The technology is all over the place and you're going to roll with it and love it. Yeah, like don't think of it like science fiction because it's like these snails are phones. How does that work? <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Snails and they have teeth. That's what makes it extra unsettling. Real human teeth in the snail phones. Yeah. And also they like, I would love, there's probably a thing out there about their morphology, but they resemble their owners. Uh, I didn't notice that. The, well, especially the one I forget what he is. This deputy admiral, something yes. like that, right? Vice admiral. Uh, Vice admiral. admiral. Yeah, his has a beard, like his the beard and mustache or whatever. It's uh, it's very, it's unsettling. It would should should be unsettling, but I'm like, I like this. I'm down with this. I'm down with this weird teeth bearded snail that is a phone. This is gonna sound like nonsense to people. Who <laughs> don't watch the show. Right. And to be fair, watching the show makes you feel like you're insane sometimes in a, in a wonderful way. Yes, absolutely.
One thing I'm curious about is who do you think is like the age group that this show is for? Because in a lot of ways, because it's so broad and over the top, my assumption is that it's a kid's show. But occasionally they have some real violent shit that I certainly would not show this to like a five-year-old, maybe a 10-year-old. I mean, a teenager could handle it for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too. But it does, like it would appeal to much younger kids like it, overall right like the stuff with hit and delight and like they'll uh they're not sophisticated in like the dialogue or the whatever mm. but and that's part of the i think beauty of it is like and part of the appeal of luffy in particular is like how guileless he is but mm-hmm. the, the but yeah you're right then they're like oh and this guy gets stabbed up or whatever and you're like oh well all right right like i mean somebody gets in the first episode somebody gets cut in half and it's not done realistically but you do see his intestines which is i was pretty surprised by yeah and also like in the first third two minutes or whatever someone is run through with two spears and you're like okay it's not as gruesome but it's also like if i was watching with my five-year-old or whatever i'd be like oh okay maybe not for you and (laughs) yeah yeah but i don't know i mean i i loved it but i don't think it's necessary it might be aimed at it because given the age like it's one of these things where it's like is this for the age of the people that it was originally for or is it for the age of the people that have grown up with this thing and are now you know in a very different age bracket I, I reminds me of I watched the Honest trailer for One Piece. And one of the things that they say is like, oh, it's based on a shonen, which means that it's translates to in Japan. It's for young boys. And in America, it's for middle aged men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That actually sounds exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> so you I mean, talk more about just sort of why you found this so delightful, because I liked it, but I don't think I was quite like as over the moon as you were. I I think it just felt so pure. It just felt so like, oh, wow. Like, you're really just going for it with this. Like, it's kind of the ethos that the show is trying to convey internally, too, through the narrative, where it's like, just go for this thing. Like, if you want a thing, just go for it with everything you have, and it'll be beautiful. And it feels like they kind of did that with the show. And I think what's even more impressive, like, I assumed based on the show and based on the dialogue and the characterization and stuff, I'm like, oh, this is a straight lift of an anime. It's just like you you made real people act out an anime. But then I went and watched the anime and I was like, oh, it's actually like much better than the anime. Like, not, mm. I don't think because the anime is bad in case there's a lot of One Piece fans out there, but just because it's like a 20-year-old however old piece of media at this point and like pretty unsophisticated. I think again aimed at maybe a very different audience too and the way that they and the, like they didn't try to do the thing which i assume they tried did which is like don't touch anything and that way we'll serve the fans mm-hmm. they did touch stuff and they moved stuff around and like simplified storylines and significantly altered it while still preserving everything about it that is important and that i think the fans care about and that was what also very impressive to me again after the fact like on its face, I just enjoyed it because it seemed it was like a lot of fun in a very weird, unexpected way that, again, yeah, seemed pure. But also everybody seemed like they were really enjoying it and having like 
the actors all seem bought into like yeah this is this is this weird world and let's go for it or whatever but yeah i agree with all of that i think it, it yeah not knowing a lot about the plot of the the anime or the manga it feels like they've streamlined the story but the, they've kept the aesthetics pretty much 100% intact as much yes. as like is technologically possible they well they streamlined but then they also like expanded some parts of it because it was like oh this isn't super this is like we this is abrupt to, to like drop this in episode one or whatever we need a little bit of story of like how they got to here mm-hmm. like i'm thinking of zoro specifically they did some stuff there to rearrange it but um yeah it was it's it's great it was it, it's a perfect example of somebody actually taking seriously the job of adaptation as opposed to like straight translation or whatever you could say cowboy view up did bad adaptation i guess yeah i thought also they they did a good job in terms of structuring the season um in like that it is you know there is a satisfying story in just yeah. the arc in season one and yet it's obviously like designed to be like hey we, this could be something that keeps going for years and years and years which I, this looks like a show they like Netflix spends a lot of money on, which is always a little like iffy they, in terms yeah. of whether because even if it does good, they're like, uh, well, see you later, right? Yeah, yeah. But that said, from from what I can see, I mean, it it seems to have done incredibly well viewership wise and gotten really good reviews. So there's definitely going to be a second season. Um, I feel like if this becomes sort of like the typical Netflix three seasons and done, that would be pretty unsatisfying in terms of just there's so much plot they probably want to cover, but yeah. Um, but even so, even this like first season feels satisfying on its own terms. I think my only complaint plot wise is I have two. One is that it did feel a little bit like as the season goes on, it starts to break down into these sort of like two episode arcs. Um, Mm. sometimes each episode has its own story, but then there's definitely like connections and common locations uh, across two episodes. And sometimes they felt like they were stretched a little thin, particularly uh, the one when that involves this character Kaya. It felt like those two episodes were really, really dragged out um, with yeah. a lot of dumb stuff. Um, so I feel like they could have made the ep- if nothing else, made the episodes a little shorter. Which I think my other complaint was that there was this weird structure where a lot of times the episode would reach a climax, would end. And then there'd be another 10 minutes of episode yeah. where they're sort of setting up the next one. And um, I don't know. I, I think just for me that that I always find that kind of annoying when I'm like, no, 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 it's over. Like this stuff should be how you start the next episode, not right. how you end this one. Yeah, I did find that too. Although I watched them all like pretty continuously. So I kind of better raced it a little bit, I think, uh, for me. Because I was just like, I don't even know when one ends and one begins. Uh, but... I can see that complaint for sure. And then I think the, yeah, the, I think that storyline in particular was like very beloved by the fans of the original. Maybe that's why they padded it out. Um, the what's her name? Kaya. Thing. Kaya. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they also like, this is the, the, that was one time where they maybe made it a concession to Western audiences, but I think that was well received as well. Okay. Uh, All right, yeah. we'll talk about that in um in spoilers, but were there any particular characters or storylines or elements that you just really loved? 
Uh, yeah. I mean, I love the oh god, what is his name? I love the chef guy storyline, like the one uh, who becomes Sanji. the ship's yeah Sanji. Uh, Sanji's story was really good. I think like his his like throw retro origin story with the other his like mentor slash father figure and then also i just really like him as a character i think he's great um i don't know why maybe it's because he's so handsome he's very handsome (laughs) i i felt the same way and i remember like when you know at the end of the first episode they have like this season on one piece and it's a trailer for the rest of the season they kept showing you this you know blonde pretty white boy um that you haven't seen yet i'm like not that i mean it's great that you've already had this incredible like diverse cast why do you need some like right right blonde white guy um but then when i met him i was like oh this guy rolls this this guy is great and like i mean i will say that i mean as as silly as the show is and i think this is true of, of many of the best anime in general is like it's crazy it's over the top it's childish and then when it wants to be really moving it totally is and it is there is a specific scene with with sanji and his kind of father figure that i was totally unprepared for and i like started weeping like i was like that was so good yeah yeah it's amazing how it pulls it off because yeah you're it's in the midst of all of this just ludicrous shit where again it'd be great if jordan was here because she'd be like this is so fucking stupid and (laughs) uh but yeah i think it works like amazingly well i mean i think that's maybe that's maybe what they translated best from sort of my experience and my enjoyment of anime is that ability to actually make really meaningful genuine like emotional moments uh happen in in this these worlds that are very very unusual and bizarre and like have no connection with anything you can kind of like identify with though that also did bring up one of my other little quibbles with the show is there are multiple characters on this show who have who lose limbs at certain points yeah and the way they visualize it is they use cgi to erase the arm or the leg but when you see it, you can totally tell it's there. Like you can see the shape of like where right. of what they're removing by CGI in a way that's kind of distracting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I think there are sort of more old fashioned. That's their that's their concession that. to budget. That's what it is. It's like <laughs> we had to save money somewhere. I don't know. What do you want? I mean, they should have just gone full method and cut them off. Yeah, they should have cut off their actual limbs. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, I, there's a lot I want to talk about in spoilers. Um, overall, yeah. I I definitely recommend it. I think the thing is also like if you watch the first episode or two, you're gonna know if you're gonna like this. Absolutely. Yeah. It is not. It's not a. I don't. Yeah. I don't think it grows on you. I think you have to like it right away if you're gonna like it because you have to. There's a deal. They make a deal with the audience. It's like, all right, look, we know, we know. But just trust us. And then if you agree to that, you're good. But otherwise, it's not for you. And that's okay, too. It is okay. I mean, I think that the only thing I would say is that if you think that because it's so over the top and silly, it's inherently bad, then you're wrong. If you you realize it's not for you, that's fine. But if you think that just means it's bad, you are incorrect and we will fight you. Yeah, that's Um, like uh, losing up. Like, come on. 
Just yeah, like, loosen up. There's more. There's more to I made up to argue with on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's move into spoilers. So if you've not watched the entire first season of One Piece, you should stop listening now. Why don't we sort of just take them in sort of these episode pairs? Um, so okay. the first two episodes introduce us to Luffy, to Nami, and to Zoro bring them together. They actually have, a, it's actually sort of two kind of distinct adventures. One is the escape from the Marine base and one is the uh, the clown guy, Buggy the Clown. Um, but it is sort of how they come together as the initial nucleus of the crew. And yeah, I mean, I would say that pretty much from the start, I was on board. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. This is all over the place and I'm having a very good time. Yeah, because they do like that opening scene and and even the opening narration, like it really is like, okay, get ready. Like it sets the expectations immediately, right? Of like, oh, wow, this is a wild thing. This is a wild story and you're really taking big swings here. Okay. And then they even show, they show a bunch of people with like absurd hair in the crowd. And it's like, get ready for absurd hair. A lot of people are going to have really weird wigs and stuff. Um but is yeah, I really really liked the the first couple episodes they had me, and they they really the characterization is simple, but like everybody is flushed out, I guess. But they're also like it's delivered and easy to digest. Like you right away, you're like, oh, this is Luffy. Like I kind of know who he is, mm-hmm. like immediately, right? They're um, all archetypes. They're not like they're, they're not particularly complex, but they have strong personalities. They do. And then they have strong uh backstories and stuff too. And like good emotional depth. Like as you especially Nami, like you as you see later in the season, like uh, you know, there's a more there than appears on the surface and it works really well. But you also like understand who she is right away, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think Zoro is also great. He's probably my, yeah. my favorite oh, character. Yeah. Zoro, yeah, Zoro also has like uh, terrific, terrific backstory. This is this show does a lot of um, what do you call it? flashbacks? But I think they're all really good. I never felt I was never mad about the flashbacks, which yeah. I can be in other places. I'm like, why are you wasting my time with this? Right, get back to the other thing. One common theme of all the flashbacks, though, is that all of our main characters were really obnoxious children. Like they're, it's always like oh, them yes. being really terrible and annoying. And then an adult having to sort of step them, step in and teach them a lesson. Well, but that's how humanity works. Children are awful and the adults <laughs> correct their awfulness to eventually make them to- tolerable. Yeah. I mean, one of the really striking scenes in those first two episodes is, uh, so the first episode give us uh, Luffy's backstory where he was um, a a child who idolized this other, this pirate named Shanks. And so there's this scene that you think is going to be this sort of like classic Western scene where um, there's sort of this stoic hero figure already at the bar and some asshole comes in and is an asshole to everyone and is going to get his ass kicked. Um, but instead, Shanks literally d- like doesn't do anything, so offers to buy him a drink and sweeps up the mess that he makes. And mm. he just takes it. And yeah. then actually Luffy is the one who runs in and he's furious. He's just like, how, why did you let him treat you like that? You're a coward. You're awful. 
I mean, like basically in tears. And then so you don't actually get the beat down until a, a follow up scene later where where the, the evil pirate then starts terror like bullying luffy and that's when shanks finally steps in and he like gives the line about you can do i'll you can spill a drink on me and i'll let it slide but leave yeah. my fl- friends alone um yeah and yeah you're just like man luffy you you're a really annoying kid yeah 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 i think they all have that i think this is it's the shonen thing i think it's part of a shonen thing is like kid with like hot-headed uh like you know just emotional reactions to things and then sensible adults being like sometimes you have to temper your reactions which is like that makes sense when you think about their function Mm -hmm. probably which is to like help kids learn how to not be shitheads i guess yeah (laughs) so the other thing we find out in both the present well you, you see it first in the present and then you it's explained in the flashback is that luffy's power is he ate this thing called devil fruit and the devil fruit, each fruit is unique and gives people unique powers. And so he ate a fruit called the gum gum fruit, which basically turned him into Mr. Fantastic. He's like a human rubber band. Yeah. Yeah. He's all stretchy, stretchy power guy. Uh, although I think he uses them in interesting ways. Like it's mostly about generating momentum so that his things hurt more. And he also just seems like generally pretty strong. Which yes. doesn't seem tied to his uh, stretchy powers <laughs> at all. Right. Uh, he, he, at first he seems so childlike, but then he actually does seem to be able to hold his own in a fight and not just because of his powers. Um, it does also yeah. mean that like certain weapons, like especially like projectile based weapons, can't, like it seems like they can't really hurt him. Yeah. Projectile, I think blades too at some point. Like it's, yeah, he's just kind of like, they just, they just stretch him, but then he just bounces back to that, uh, to his normal whatever size and thing but it also makes him did you say this it makes him like vulnerable to water which is a great a great weakness to introduce in this mostly ocean based uh world right it's like yeah you can get eat these fruits and get these cool powers but then you get the weakness of like water just will kill you and you cannot swim really and you know yeah although i mean it's fine like only an asshole like me or Jordan would, would linger on this for too long. And I let it go very quickly, but I did wonder about like, okay, how much water does it take to deactivate? The That's car? true. Like, if they you're do, on a boat, they fudge, probably with, got it. They fudge with it. Yeah, yeah. 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 And they do, they do. Yeah. Depending on whatever narrative requirements they have, they kind of adjust like how much it affects him or doesn't affect him. Um, and that part is maybe not the best, but then, yeah. And also of course it's absurd on its face that it's like, Oh, I ate this devil fruit and it's called the gum gum devil fruit. It's like, what? This is what? And, then, <laughs> and, and it's they, just sitting in a box, like an ornate box. They also incorporate this element that I assume is from the anime where Luffy and then some of the other characters, whenever he uses his powers, he like calls it out. Like he'll be like, gum yes. gum battle axe or whatever specific yeah, yeah. move he's doing. And they acknowledge it where somebody says, well, why do you do that? And he says, all great fighters do it. And yeah, they sort I of like look at it. It was very cute when he's like, all great fighters call out their special moves or whatever. <laughs> You're like, this is good. Yeah. And meta, very meta for anime stuff, right? Uh, or manga stuff. But uh, yeah, then everybody does it too. Like we meet Luffy or Buggy and Buggy 
has eaten the chop chop fruit and he has chop chop moves too (laughs) right they sort of acknowledge it the first time and then they do they acknowledge it one more time when sanji does it but besides that they're just like this is the show yeah 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 yeah. and Uh, i was always like what did he what did he say i was like i was like i gotta go back and turn on captions so i can see what he said what that power was or whatever but uh yeah there's a lot of them they're very funny um, maybe the one other thing we should mention from the opening episodes is Kobe, who is oh, yeah, Kobe. <laughs> cabin boy um, who we meet and has possibly the most anime look of any character. Like he just it's, it's like these pink hair yeah. um, and Ball cap glasses. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he's working for Alvita, who is a pirate who I mean, at some point we have to talk about how the one thing maybe that this i think they really downplay it uh mostly in the live action but like anime does not have a great diversity track record and there are times when they are quite discriminatory i think Hmm. i i don't know how to say that it's coming from an innocent i don't want to forgive it but like especially historically like their treatment of like black people and gay people has been like Wow. Okay. Western media, obviously, also right. Um, but I think it maybe persisted a bit longer in some of the anime stuff. And the yeah. the Alvita, Alvita in the in the anime is like, look at this fucking fat lady. And then it's just a lot of like, she's so fat and gross, and like all the jokes are around that, uh, which they do less of here, I think, or kind of never overtly do that, but um yeah she's a much more positive character in this like she's presented more positively uh and that's good and we can talk about i don't know i'm curious your thoughts about like the fish people because the fish oh, people yeah. are very I, much coated black which is like yes i think i think that's definitely a problem um yeah i i could get over it i would understand if somebody else was not able to get over it but um yeah i see what you mean about innocent I, I, yeah it's not so much that it's innocent but it like it's not racist in the way that American media is racist because I think it comes from a different cultural background and also yes. it's so cartoonish. But I think it, definitely there's room for improvement, even though they're doing really well generally. Like, I mean, the, the crew does not, like I said, does not have uh, a, a white guy in it until pretty much the end of the season. Um, yeah. Uh, Kobe, the the character, uh, the cabin boy who becomes a Marine is played by a, a trans actor, but like, no, no one. Oh, really? Under that. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. So overall, I think, you know, it, it definitely feels like a, a fairly not in an it's I mean, it's not, not in any way, I think, or not in any overt way, a political show, but it feels no. sort of progressive just in in most in a lot of its casting, even if it also has problems. Um yeah, I think they took the time to look at what was problematic about the anime and like improve that. And then even to your point, like went probably a little bit beyond and tried to make it uh, progressive in other ways that, you know, just not correcting even the errors, just going like, we should be progressive for the sake of being progressive, right? But but yeah, right. it's not a political. It's not, they're not trying to make a statement about it. They're just trying to like be good human beings, I think. But yeah yeah exactly um and and i do think i mean in fantasy in general there's been this sort of argument of like oh 
like like certain like some certain kind of reactionary fans who are like, well, you know, if you want to be historically accurate, um, right, right, everyone has to be white, and mostly the the major figures have to be male. And I think um, the 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 counter to that has been a actually, if you look at the history, that's not true. Um, yeah. It's not all like European males in in these contexts. And B, who cares? Like this is a fantasy. Yeah. It's not actually based on real pirates or anything like that. Yeah, this is sort of apropos of nothing, but I remember. There was a debate about this with another anime and people were like, why are all the characters white? Like they're not even like Japanese people or whatever. And the creator of the original anime was like, yeah, they're all white in the anime. (laughs) They're all supposed to be white. And it was like, oh, uh, oh, (laughs) I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, the one other thing I wanted to bring up with Toby, and, and this is also, I think, related to Luffy, is there's this element that I don't think they ever really call out explicitly that Luffy dreams of being a pirate. Kobe dreams of being a Marine. And in both cases, it kind of seems like their idea of what a pirate is and what a Marine is are completely disconnected from reality. Oh, absolutely. And and in Luffy's case, at least it's based on Shanks. You're like, okay, I get it. Shanks seems like very unusual compared to all the other pirates we meet who are are genuinely I wouldn't say all of them. I don't know. Uh, What's the other guy? The the swordsman. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. They seem either... With him, I would say morally ambiguous, but like with a code of ethics that he mm-hmm. follows. And then I would say also we don't know enough about the Pirate King, but he seems kind of redeemable in some ways, too. Um, but yeah, there a lot of them are bad folks. And then because even tr- thinking now about even his crew, like they're not actually pirates. Like one is a pirate hunter. One is a uh thief and then one is slash navigator thief slash navigator really great navigator uh and then the other one is like uh i guess he kind of self-identifies as a pirate Uh, yes although he's also like constantly running around the town and talking trying to tell people pirates are coming yeah i can stop them yeah oh so well we can talk about him too but uh yeah, I don't I don't know. I feel like I feel like as we get a bigger picture of what's going on with Pirate World, there will be more it will be a more even spread. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. And then the Marines, yeah, the Marines like we almost exclusive they're almost exclusively like positioned as bad guys, except for in what Kobe sees them as good and noble. And then we get I guess one good example in the form of the vice admiral, like he seems like he's trying to do what's right. And that involves sometimes some moral compromises, but overall his goal is to do, to help people. I think it seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's one that's really bad. The, is it Morgan? Yeah. The guy with the metal jaw. Oh yeah. Who is cool. Like I really like that costume actually. And the, I admire their commitment to it because it it did seem like as soon as they put it on the actor, they were like, oh, this kind of muffles your voice and sounds weird. And then for some reason, they didn't ADR all of it. So there's times when his dialogue is just really hard to understand. 
<laughs> but they yeah. were committed to the look. So it's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, Kobe, uh, quit the Marines, even though I know you're not going to, cause like you seem like, it seems like the Marines are bad and you should just become a pirate. Um, right. Okay, fine. So the next story is the one that I was complaining about, um, where they are trying to get a ship. And so they, uh, they meet this guy, Usopp, um, who says he can take them to the owner of the shipyard, who turns out to this young woman, Kaya, who very, very quickly, I think every viewer figures out, okay, she is basically being manipulated by her servants to some nefarious and, yeah. um, but it takes, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's so not... long so long they don't make for... them seem like, like good people and then you're like <laughs> wow turns out they're bad it's like right away you're like these are fucking villainous people i don't know what they're <laughs> up to and it takes like 30 minutes for our heroes to figure it out and that's like basically the cliffhanger and then like half of the next episode is the heroes being like separated and not really being able to do anything about the fact that they figured out that these people are bad and then finally they confront the villains at the end of this, like the second of the second episode of this arc. And it just, yeah, I was just like going crazy, partly because like Zoro, who's my favorite character is dumped down a well. And he spends the first half of that episode, just trying and failing <laughs> to climb out yeah. of the well. Um, and then partly because then we spend a lot of time with uh, Usopp, Usopp, uh, Usopp, I think. Yeah. Right. Usopp, who, yeah sucks um and and this yeah, is no yeah. shade on the actor who i think was portraying the character he was supposed to portray very faithfully portraying Usopp for sure right but the whole Usopp's whole thing is he lies and he's a coward <laughs> and yeah um he's not a very like yeah sympathetic character although i mean surprisingly i find him more sympathetic over time i'm like kind of warming up to Usopp in the same way i think that he's meant to that's meant to happen with his crewmates but i don't know yeah like against all because when he first i'm like what the fuck is this this is ridiculous get this fucking guy out of here this makes no sense but then eventually i'm like all right all right (laughs) and i mean also like one one of the like who is this for what ages is for things about the show is sometimes i'm confused about like what age these characters are supposed to be i mean i think they're all supposed to be like 20 ish maybe early 20s um but they sometimes some of them like especially luffy and usopp just register as very very childlike absolutely yeah zoro um like i remember the first time zoro asked for alcohol i was very confused because like are you all teenagers what is this (laughs) but yeah yeah because zoro has a drinking problem like (laughs) definitely and then uh nami is like they but they just both it's there's circumstances right in terms of like how they grew up but they like they both seem very jaded and very like you know their eyes are open to the evils of the world and then but part of the beauty of the show is they're like infected by uh uh luffy's pure childlike innocence right yeah um wh- one very small detail that i loved about these episodes even if if i found a lot frustrating about them is in the reveal when you find out that the um the butler is sort of the leader of these pirates who are trying to uh steal kaya's fortune um is that earlier in the episode i mean he has just such a distinctive look in general um and 
like he has this move where he adjusts his glasses with the um like the the base of his hand rather than with his fingers which seems very unusual and you're kind of like what's up with that and then you realize that when he's in full villain mode he has all these claws on his fingers these like right. really long claws and so the only way he can adjust his glasses is with the, the yeah. base of his hand and it's it is great i was so into that yeah me too me too i liked him a lot actually i really liked the actor and everything and just how much of a meal he was making of this deviousness of this character mm -hmm. it was good yeah. yeah i mean he's less fun in episode the second episode where he j basically just running around the castle like being like the monster yeah, he has that they're running do. away from yeah yeah but when he's still in disguise as the butler the incredibly disdainful sinister butler he is so good yeah yeah the other two are good too um, yes yeah um yeah and, and they're vaguely cat or dog like i guess i don't know hmm. i yeah. couldn't tell if yeah, they were all supposed to have powers i mean i don't understand a lot of that because i'm like yeah do they have powers are they vampires that's <laughs> one point i was like are these all vampires but <laughs> i don't think that's important we're probably at looking at it the wrong way like sort of like don't worry about it right it's kind of like the sheep head there's a sheep head captain in the marines and you're like why does this guy have a no no he, no, he's no the there's a mouse head there's killed. a mouse head one yeah there's a sheep head accountant and then there's a mouse head and it looks like they're just wearing a mouse mm -hmm. costume it doesn't look like they've intended <laughs> to be like he's but with mouse. whiskers so you're like I, is he growing the whiskers or is uh yeah is that part of the costume i can't tell it's very very weird um but also, yeah, I think it's like, don't think about this too much. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, the, the bringing up this, the evil pirates, like also touches on one other kind of disappointing pattern that starts here, which is that Zoro's whole backstory is that he wants to be the world's greatest swordsman. And yeah. there's like this whole tragic thing about how he had a friend who he was training with. And then she died in an accident, which apparently in the source material is that she fell down a flight of stairs. Oh. Um, I mean, they don't they don't say what it is on the show. Yeah, they uh, don't. And but like, so you're like, yeah, he's gonna go for it. But then in all of the major fights, he then always challenges the henchman, and then Luffy goes and fights the main bad guy, which is right. sort of confusing to me. Um, but but they're whatever. not swordsmen, right? That's Most true. of the time. He, right. he only cares right. about swordsman. He fights Mihawk. Uh, right. Again, so that's in right. the next storyline where Mihawk is this, uh, I think, kind of, I mean, one of the things that the show does is uh, it does like kind of establish this almost sort of video gamey hierarchy of how powerful the different pirates are, which one of the ways it's measured is basically um, how, like how much, how big the reward is for them. Um and my sense is that Mihawk is like the most powerful. Um, and yes, uh, I mean, that we've met so far. That we've met yeah. so far. Yeah, and and so he is dispatched by the Marines to bring in Luffy, um, but then uh, Zoro is sees him and is like, "This is it. This is my chance to be the world's greatest swordsman." Challenges him to a duel, and. I think acquits himself admirably, but it's clearly they're not in the same league. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He like, and, he, and 
Mihawk is like actually does admire his skill, but is also like, you're not ready for this. And and then essentially spares him. Well, gives him a fighting chance anyway, rather. Yeah. Um, he says, like, come find me when you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is, I mean, very sort of classic um, TV writing that you would never see. Like, I feel like you're just like, I don't know if anyone would ever actually do this, but it it makes sense in the, in that context. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's classic in that. And then it's like, it's classic too for like, I think Japanese cinema and then also mm. anime probably from that too. Right. But, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, he, so he, like at that actor, Stephen John Ward, just, I thought he nailed it. Like it's, it's, he's very good at that, at conveying that he is this skilled person. And also that I think you just like him. You're like, I like this guy, even though he's like, got these weird fucking sideburns and he also is just like <laughs> wearing a vest with no shirt all the time just wandering <laughs> around i guess it's, it's an open shirt and at the beginning of the duel he is completely fine killing zoro which to be fair zoro is the one who challenged him to the duel so yeah him right but but and yeah he's not yeah he's not like a good person like he kills all kinds of people all the time he's fine doing that and then like he's like oh well if you earn my respect I, then i'll consider sparing you or whatever right but like you don't get it by default like he doesn't have any default uh respect for i guess you know the decent the yeah the value of human life let's say but yeah um, so he i thought that i thought it was possible because i was like who played him and it was stephen ward and then i was like wait is he the brother of jeff ward but no they're just both named last name ward unrelated people because jeff ward plays buggy the clown oh okay yeah and we didn't even talk about buggy so buggy is he uh he he can split his body parts and um looks like a very useful skill because he can also control them all autonomously even at a great distance i think but yeah although it can also get him into some awkward situations when his head is separated from his body yes yeah that's yeah they like the bad the bad bad guys because he's a bad guy but then they're like there's more there's worse bad guys and it's uh what's the fish man guy's name Arlong. the names on this are insane so it's very hard <laughs> to keep track of it uh yeah because the guy morgan's captain morgan that's also very good because it's like wait you just called him captain morgan like <laughs> i mean a lot of these are very on the nose i mean the fact that the swordsman is named zorro yeah, 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 that too. Although his name is Roro Noah Zoro. So, you know, I don't yes. know what that means, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, that guy's son's name is Helmepo. Like, what, the, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so the this duel that we've been talking about, that's like in the third storyline, which is maybe my favorite. So it takes place at this restaurant, Baradier. And, and oh, um, yeah. that's where they pick up... Um, I'm I'm literally jumping up and down the Wikipedia page because these names are so insane and I cannot remember them. Um, I guess I'm not literally jumping up and down. I'm literally scrolling up and down this right, Wikipedia right. page. Um, and and so Sanji, and uh, I, I give up. I don't. Oh, Zeph. Zeph was the name of his like father. Of his figure. mentor guy. Yeah. Yeah. And and we get this backstory where they're shipwrecked on this island together. And at first, you think the this other pirate is being an asshole to him because he gives him a tiny bag of food versus his giant bag. And then you find out he actually gave him, gave the kid all of the food and the other bag was just full of 
totally useless treasure, at least, uh, be, you know, while you're trying to survive. Yeah. And what he did to survive instead was he ate his own leg. And there's this yes. scene where the kid figures it out. He just starts shouting, you ate your own leg. <laughs> it's very good. It was very so good. good. Yeah. And they're sort of fighting, you know, they're arguing with each other the whole time. But the whole time you get the sense there's this history there. There's this sort of like a, a sense that the two of them kind of know each other, feel safe with each other. And then you understand this backstory. And um, and Zeph is the one who tells him, you got to get out of here. Like the whole point was yeah. you're supposed to go find uh, the, what's it called? Like the place where all the fish are. Oh, yeah. There's a special, the deep the all blue. blue. The deep, Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's where the best, like, most delicious fish are. Right. The fish that like have never, that no cook has ever seen. And yeah. he's, he's like, you got to go find it. And so they're sailing away. And, um, and like, you're like, there's gotta be one more scene between the two of them. Right. And so then Sanji is like standing at the back of the boat. Zeph is, is on the dock. And, and then Sanji just says like, your shitty restaurant, your shitty job. Like I owe you my life. And yeah. Yeah. I just started bawling. It was that was that's it was my, like, very scene. good. Yeah, that was great. That uh, he did a great job too. Um, the actor who played Zeph. Yeah, know, whatever. But yeah, acting under a lot of crazy facial hair. A lot of crazy facial hair. Yeah, like I mean, I think that still remains the most impressive thing is that all these people who did all this while dressed like complete idiots. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um. And then we move into the last two episodes where they take on Arlong um, because Arlong. Nami has has betrayed them. Um, although when you think about it, it's not like she ever wanted to join their crew in the first place. It was just no. that uh, Luffy she just kept saying, you're in my crew. She's like, it. no, I'm not. Um, and then she so she takes the map to what they've been looking for, the the grant, the, the, the map that they steal in the first episode and becomes kind of like the MacGuffin for the rest of the episode because everybody wants it, is this map to the grand line. Which also I was like, can you just, it's right there, isn't it? It's like, the equator. You don't <laughs> need a map to find the equator. I think the idea is like, it seems like at one point she suggests that just entering the Grand Line is kind of tricky. Like they have to take this river up a mountain yeah. or something. I think it's going to be, yeah, one of those things where it's like there's only one entrance that, where your ship won't be destroyed or something. And so, right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but it was the first time they explain it. It's very confusing because they uh they like draw a circle that's the globe here's like the four quadrants of this of the sea and then they basically draw the equator on the globe and they said that's the grand line that's what we need the map for and you're like yeah it um, seems like you got a map to the grand line right there i mean what right um but yeah i mean i would say that like nami's backstory is the one that was maybe the I don't know it was fine but like it it probably was like the the, le- the one that stood out the least to me where i was just kind of like okay that's that's fine i'll go with it yeah it seemed pretty conventional i guess in a way yeah but yeah but yeah this whole thing i still don't know how to feel about it. i guess it'll depend on how they present them in future but like this was with the fish man thing right yeah like, oh the these are the fish men and they they have yeah, they again. They seem to be coded black, and then they're like, "We've always been downtrodden by the and used basically as slaves by like the non-fish people." Um, 
and they like listen to hip-hop music and stuff and you're like what yeah that was one of the things that really kind of i was like guys this is such i mean i think it's a common thing that's bad in science fiction is that they have sort of aliens and fantastical races who are racially coded in some way and i would imagine often not intentionally it's just that's sort of like the sort of that's like in our unconscious that's like what we draw on when we try to like formulate these things but yeah like having them i mean there's certain things about their features that resemble like caricatures of of black people like, like yeah these like giant lips they're just yes. incredibly savage the um the the lead fishman uh, Arlong speaks in this very very deep voice and and is and is played by a by a black actor um yeah and um and again it's it's sort of like it's not like classic American movie racism so you sort of like I I don't know yeah it's not like I don't like hate hate this but I don't think this is good either. Right. So I think like we're not first to this conversation. Like okay. there, there, there is ample discussion and criticism of like the manga and the anime's treatment of this. And I guess the counter argument effectively is like, uh, like it's meant, it's, I, it's perceived as meant to be a allegory about like, and like a sympathetic allegory about like how black people are treated but it's done in a way that is very unsophisticated and simplistic and also relies heavily on a lot of like stereotypes and tropes so i think right. those are the kind of the what's going on and then i guess the show the show i, I bet the show downplays it relative to uh what it actually came off as in like the original source material but this might have been a place where they're kind of up against it and they're like if we change this too much it's not going to be recognizable to the fan base so it still feels a little blah, right like uh, off right yeah i mean i think i wonder if like there was no good way to adapt it certainly i think if you are going to adapt it you'd have to basically anything that has any whiff of sort of like racially caricature you would want to get rid of. And I don't think they succeeded in that, like no hip hop, no big lips, you know, right. like I think you, you have to get rid of that stuff. And then I think the other element is, um, I mean, and, and yeah, it's, it's not a subtle allegory. You like pick when he like starts talking about how they were slaves and things like that. You're like, okay. okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think because of the way this, the, the story is structured, then what happens is like, the fish people have been kept as slave. They have been oppressed and yet they're set up as the villains. They're not, you know, you're not like, yeah, man, I'd be really, I mean, I think the show tries to say that like Arlong, you know, is somewhat justified, but he's still the villain. Our heroes are still trying to stop him. And so then yeah. the the message, if you really want to embrace the political message, then it seems like the message is. Like they should like, actually be quite sympathetic and they're not, they're like partly sympathetic, but then they, it's like, but ultimately we have to stop you. Like right, I can kind of see it, but you've done the wrong thing. Like, uh, yeah, too you mad. Did it. yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. Cause they, I think they even bring it up overtly at some point, like where someone's like, well, we were treated like this. And it's like, that doesn't give you the right to do this or something, but it was, yeah, it's, it's not enough. It's not enough to kind of go like oh okay like but i think it's because they needed a there's a lot of like um like there's a lot of 
I think subtlety and like and especially with the marines that we talked about already where it's like oh are they that villainous and other pirates even too even i think uh at some points you're like maybe buggy is somewhat sympathetic like there's a lot of going on and then so i think they were like no but we need like an outright villain where you're just like yeah they need to get what's coming to them and that ends up being the fish people which is kind of unfortunate because you're like do they though if people are really treating them this shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i I don't want to get too deep into this but i I do think um there's this uh uh, trope that ao scott pointed out many years ago in the new york times but that i i have never that sort of has stayed in my head of this sort of like the heroic centrist or the heroic moderate and it's the idea of like that being morally sophisticated means like sort of presenting two kind of extreme points of view. And then your hero is the one who's trying to make peace between them, which isn't exactly what's happening here, but it is, it has that sort of like lecture thing Im- Im- embedded in it where it's like, oh man, it's okay that you're mad, but you're taking this too far, which I think there are a lot of, if you want to draw real world parallels, there are a lot of things in the real world where it's like, no, that's not actually the mature response. The mature response is that this is horrible and we need to stop it as opposed to like posturing about, you know, what's reasonable. Right. Right. Um, but overall I would say like, yeah, I've, even though um, I think they need, if they're going to, if the fish people are going to continue to be an element of the show, I think they need to put more thought into how they're depicted and what the sort of underlying message is or, or right. story is. Um, but it, it was a satisfying ending to the season. It did continue. It, also continued the sort of weird structural thing where in the finale, Arlong is defeated in the first 10 minutes. And then you're like, what, yeah. where, what's next? I don't understand. Yeah. What and then they do a bunch of like denouement and set up and stuff. And you're like, oh, yeah, all right. it kind of felt like the ending of the return of the King. It just kind of like kept going and going. And most yeah. of those scenes were good. It just felt. It was good. Yeah. It's just not what you're like expecting or used to out of one of these things right yeah Yeah. you're used to it building to like the well oh the big conflict and then the resolution right right and then you get maybe one scene where you get the aftermath but this is like almost all aftermath and well i think part of it is also that it suggests that actually the real climax is not just the confrontation with arlong but also with luffy's grandfather who's the vice admiral in the marines whose name by the way did you see what his character's name is monkey d garp what the fuck is going on? <laughs> well, I mean, they're based on Japanese characters, so family yeah. name first. That's I guess. true. Because the other name, the family name thing, is that Usopp's father's name is Yasop. Okay, like, is that? But it's one word. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. Um. Anyways, and everyone calls fun. him Luffy as if it's his uh, yeah. first name. So I guess that makes sense. I. I, I wonder what the D stands for, but maybe I don't want to know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I want to know, but yeah, there, and his, his power is like, he doesn't, I don't know if he has a power, but he's just really tough and strong. Right. Right. And, and in some ways it feels kind of like the fight with, uh, Mihawk earlier where it, it's just the, uh Luffy or or Zoro is like giving it their all and it seems like they're being really impressive but it's also clear that they never really had a shot at winning this yeah. fight and yeah. they only get away at sort of the mercy of of their opponent um right. who in this case it's the, the grandfather's like oh okay well even though I like beat the crap out of you 
and told you to go home, you still insisted that you want to be a pirate. Okay, that's yeah. basically the test. Good job. Like, yeah. I just needed to know that you would stick with it. I knew you're serious about it. Great. Okay. Have fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> very weird. What was? Oh, the other thing that I before I forget, it's not relevant to this, but the uh, the thing that I thought was a concession to Western audiences, but that it worked pretty well, was the Kaya and you stop are like actually romantically interested in one another and like kiss which like right fans ship them i guess all the time but like it's not in the the source material i mean i was fine with it but also didn't need it because both well, you them and kaya because i hate you stop and also because uh, in, in the sick. show where, just where everyone person <laughs> everyone <laughs> acts very immature they are probably the two most childlike characters like there's a scene where usopp is like telling her a story and and they act as if they're five-year-olds yeah and and so in a way like for them to have romantic interest in each other is kind of unsettling <laughs> yeah no i know it is yeah yeah it's like okay if kindergartners are like into each other but then like that's kind of cute but this is like yeah but they're grown they have grown parts but also they have the minds <laughs> of children yeah it's very unusual um yeah, and then at the very end, they they're all the crew has come together. They are the straw hat pirates, they have the map, and they are headed to the grand line. And then there is a teaser for presumably the next season where there's some other villain who I don't know who he is. Yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of the MO, right? You always get the setup of like there's a bigger big bad. Yeah. yeah it feels kind of like i'm like is this what it feels like for a normal person to watch a marvel movie and at the end you're just like who who was that what right was it was that supposed to mean something <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think so but i liked it i don't know i like the the not knowing all of the it yeah it doesn't bother backstory. me that much. Right. and i should say even half the time with the marvel movies i have to go and google it so you right. know i'm like used to it at this point but um yeah, it was fine. It, it 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 overall definitely recommend. Good season, um, and uh, and I'm excited. There's going to be a season two. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I think I I don't know. This is one of those ones where I feel like it'll be like comfort food for me eventually if they just keep putting out more of it. I'll be like, yeah, dig in. Time to dig in. Uh, and I could probably rewatch this too. Honestly, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I I I burned through it in like two days. Mm-hmm um again partly because i have a lot of free time now uh, i'm unemployed <laughs> but um, uh but also like it yeah it it is just uh it's it's a lot of fun um and uh i think all the characters except for Usopp are great and um maybe they'll figure out something to do with him that's that's more interesting and less annoying yes i think i think he, i think he'll grow on you over time we'll see um all right well if you have thoughts on one piece you can shoot us an email original content pod at gmail.com that's original content pod at gmail.com if it's an interesting thought we will share it on the show you can also follow us again don't worry about twitter x that'll be gone in in, in a couple of years uh, follow us on instagram or threads at original content pod and you can also subscribe and leave us a positive review in Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choosing, including now Amazon Music. And thank you so much for listening. Daryl, talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.